Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play what's up open floor globe i'm your host michael the pod peanut and i'm joined on the other line by my good friend sports illustrated senior writer chris herring chris how are you doing today stuff's good buddy how are you i'm i'm wonderful um it's raining here in brooklyn i don't know how the weather is in your your neighborhood in chicago but it's a dreary friday um afternoon as we record this um and the NBA is rolling along. A lot of fun stuff to talk about on today's show. Uh, we're going to open up the mailbag again. We're going to dive into the Warriors' success. Frankly, they are uh, a very rich team for conversation, in my opinion. Um, we have uh, the Bucks kind of figuring things out during a weird start and so much more. Uh, but first, a quick reminder to all of our wonderful listeners to please keep those emails coming in. Uh, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. So let's just dive right in, Chris. The Warriors, um, even with a cupcake schedule that includes their eighth straight home game tonight against the Bulls, eight straight home games. um, It's hard to, (laughs) it is, it's hard to argue for any other team as best in the NBA right now. And once I finish my spiel, you can argue with me if you disagree, but I have a feeling you will not disagree. Um, Golden State is 10-1. and Their only loss came in overtime against the Grizzlies. They're third in offensive rating. They're first in defensive rating. They're first in net rating by a mile. The gap between them and the second-place Jazz is the same as the gap between the second-place Jazz and the 10th-place Spurs. So they're just annihilating people. Um, Granted, they're playing some bad teams, but you can't really account for your schedule. Steph Curry is looking, you know, he's neck and neck with KD for MVP, I would say, right now. I don't know who the best player in the world is, but he's in the conversation. Um, uh, The Warriors are first in assist rate, 
They're fifth in pace. Uh, and just aesthetically, they just look like the dynasty that they once were, the way they play, the way they set those off-ball screens, those back cuts. They're always in space. They're just they're just a nightmare to defend. So before we get into a couple emails about this team, Chris, when you watch Golden State play, I'm just curious, are you like the Warriors are what they used to be and everyone else is screwed right now? Or are you more tempered a bit and... You know, you don't want to rush into believing that this team should even be considered favorites to come out of the West so early in the season. Well, I'll say this. I think it's it's closer. It's somewhere in between. I think that it's fair to probably say that they probably deserve to be closer to the favorites. I don't know if I would give them that label just yet. I still think that there's a I mean, let's just be honest here. It's the same thing that happened with Jokic last year with MVP. I think people tend to shy away from things that might be perceived as boring in the NBA. And I think Utah probably fits that to a T to a lot of people, even though they have Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, the idea that Rudy Gobert is an annual name that comes up in MVP conversations that people groan when you bring up his name, I think that that speaks to the fact that people aren't overly enthused. I also think it's something about Utah and the idea of it being a, a smaller place and and whatever you think of, of the place, the, the state. So I, I, I think Golden State, obviously, is kind of like the counter to that. They're very flashy. They're very fun. They have the greatest shooter of all time. They play up and down. They've got a dude who – how tall is Gary Payton the second? 6'4", whatever he is. A dude I don't know, but he's, his vertical leap is like 65 inches. Right. So, I mean, the, the, you add that to it, you know, they've, they've got the intrigue of like being able to – level up when clay gets back they've got the intrigue of being able to trade like each of the last 28 first round draft picks they've had to go get something else there's there's just a lot to them so i understand the intrigue and the idea that oh look they're they're jumping out to this hot start even though they've had i've never heard of a home schedule being that front loaded as far as you know that easy with eight home games and the schedule that they've had um because you look at strength of schedule, and they're right near the bottom of strength of schedule, but also the eight home games. Like you said, they can't control that. Absolutely, they look fun. Absolutely, they look dominant. But it's hard for me to really – you're not asking me to crown them necessarily, but um, let's see them play consistently good competition. Let's see them have a, a really long stretch on the road. Um, and let's see them when they are closer to whole, which I, I feel like that is a big part – of whether or not I want to label them as favorites. Like, I don't think they would win a title this year without Clay. Uh, I'm not okay. sure how hot they would have to be for me to be convinced that they would do that. Maybe they could, but I just, I, you know, I'll believe that when I see it. Maybe that's more of just a perception in my mind than anything else. They've built the team really well around Steph, but, you know, it, it, I feel like there's like two or three leaps I've got to make to be all the way convinced. I get it that they, you know, when they've got a record that is games better than everybody else. They probably are going to be favored. We've we've seen them win a title before with this player as the best player on the team with Draymond as part of that course. So I get the idea that they'll be labeled as favorites, and I think that they maybe they've shown that they deserve it just based on the fact that nobody else has looked as impressive. But they haven't been asked to do too much yet, um, I, I, and I think the expectations were a lot lower than what they've done so far. So they've exceeded them so ridiculously that I think this is kind of the the new normal is that, you know, they're going to be viewed as favorites for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting what you said about, you know, being bored with their success maybe a little bit, like comparing them to the Utahs of the world and... I don't know. I feel like they're they're. This is I wasn't kind of... saying I'm bored of them. I was saying okay. I think people are bored of Utah, and I think okay. that Utah being like they haven't really done anything to show that they shouldn't be either favorites or co-favorites. Utah was passed over to begin with for the Lakers in the sports books, which made no sense ever. Um, so that's what I'm saying is that I think Utah, unless Utah had the record that Golden State had right now. People were already kind of looking, okay, so the Lakers suck. or well, That's strong. The Lakers aren't good. And so, oh, look, Golden State is really good, and like Golden State's more fun than Utah. Like Utah, I don't know how good Utah would have to be to be favored over everybody else, just point blank. And I'm saying I don't know if there is a level that they could be at where that would be the case. So I think they're too boring for the average person to say that's my favorite or that's the team I think will win the whole thing. I don't even know how many people sit and really watch them consistently – so I'm saying I think Golden State is a slight beneficiary of that. But also, if you say that Golden State's your favorite, you'd be well within your right to say it because they have looked dominant. That's what I was saying. Not that Golden State is boring. Okay. Golden State's okay. not boring at all. I was – I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I was entertained <laughs> personally last night when I saw um, Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert go at it. I don't know if you caught that one. I wasn't. One of the, that was one of the ugliest <laughs> fights like uh. of all time. And I was very – I was upset because it was actually like there was a chance Utah. I know we're getting sidetracked here, but there was a chance that Utah could have come back and won that game. And then yes. Donovan Mitchell gets ejected. I was like, "What is what's going on here? Like, why are three Utah Jazz players getting ejected? This makes absolutely they were more sense. aggressive about the fight than Gobert was. Him and Ingles. <laughs> I, I mean, that was the weird thing. That, that whole thing was so weird, and it was frustrating, and it was really weird. I'm always very weirded out. And this has been a thing lately. I don't know if it's always been like this. It feels like lately, and I don't want to sidetrack us too much. You're right, but the idea of people, coaches keeping their guys in for like until like the last minute of the game now, when teams are up by like 18, 15. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get the idea of scoring and comebacks being faster now with threes and how hot teams can get, but these 16 and 17 point leads where even the announcers kind of have this extra edge in their voice where they're amped. And that was certainly the case last night watching Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just very weird that like that game was not close in the last minute, but you would have thought it was by the way that they were. It was like the announcers had all the adrenaline going from the fight still. And as soon as Gobert and Mitchell were out, like you figured the game was probably over, even if they got a stray basket here or there. But anyway, neither here nor so there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drag us back. Um, Thank you. I watched. Warriors Timberwolves the Andrew Wiggins just dunk fest what do you start like 10 for 10 from the floor just ridiculous revenge game for him but um what you just said kind of reminded me of the end of that game where the Warriors had all their starters or yeah minus Draymond who was hurt at the end of the game and it was like a kind of like a blowout and it was a blowout for pretty, pretty much the whole game um, it feels like a so, league-wide thing this year I don't know why yeah, and you know, I'm okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on another tangent. Here. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna holes. stay. We're gonna stay put <laughs> on uh, the Golden State Warriors. Okay, so when I look at this team, I think about something that um, Steve Kerr said, and maybe he wasn't being a hundred percent forthright with it or honest about it. But right before they 
acquired Kevin Durant, he was like, you know, we need someone who we can just like throw the ball to, someone who can just get us a bucket from the mid range, who, when the opponent is just switching everything in a playoff series, can just get in their bag, pull up, get to the rim, do whatever they got to do with force. They obviously don't have KD anymore. Um, I don't think Wiggins is that guy. And when I look at this team, they're, you know, they're pummeling inferior competition, I would say. So I'm not getting too hyped personally about them. But I do wonder, like, you know, you look at the, they're like their shot chart and their shot frequency. And they're just basically, they've abandoned the mid-range. And I'm not saying that they can't win a title without, um, like any offense from the mid range, any action in that part of the court. But we have seen, and this was particularly pronounced last year in the playoffs, um, teams that can attack in the mid range have a significant advantage in crunch time of a playoff game. That's just kind of what it is. So I look at this team, and I'm like, who is going to be that guy for them? And that's just a, we're very early in the season. I understand that. And Clay, you know, Clay can get to the pull up a little bit. He's not like an independent shot creator like that, of course. Um, and this kind of leads me into, um, our first email, which is about basically like how this team, like as currently constructed, they've had so much success, obviously with the numbers that I've outlined, but there's also pieces who are not contributing. Um, James Wiseman, Kaminga, um, Moody, there's, there's draft picks, obviously that can be traded and um, can be traded for players. You know, those guys aren't making absolutely nothing with salaries, so it can be traded for, for impact players. So um, we have an email from longtime scribe with uh, the Open Florida Globe, uh, Thaddeus, who wrote um, an email that was roughly the first 20, 25 pages of the dictionary that I've whittled down into this pat- paragraph. Thank you, Thaddeus. You were just an icon in my life. Um, So Thaddeus writes, Steph isn't typically the guy to complain, but isn't this the the time to go for it? Wiseman, Kuminga, and Looney get you to $20 million, and that gets you some potential very good players while also keeping Wiggins, who has filled the role they envision perfectly on the wing. Some guys in that salary range on bad teams. Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes, Eric Gordon, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Christian Wood. Do you see any potential moves for a guy to put the Warriors in a better position to win now? What about adding a bit more for a younger guy like Wood or Murray that still positions them for a longer window? So before I throw it to you, Chris, um, you know, right now, if we were in the playoffs and the teams were as they were currently constructed, like I would probably like Phoenix more than Golden State. I would probably like the Clippers more than Golden State. I'm not a Lakers person at all, but I want to see what the healthy Lakers look like and how they can function in a playoff series versus the regular season. And we also haven't seen the Jazz. We haven't seen, well, the healthy Jazz with Rudy Gay, who we've, you and I have talked about as being, you know, that was their big offseason acquisition. How's he going to fit in? So I do think this team, like, I agree with what Thaddeus is saying. Like, I think this team can't just be content with how it is, even waiting for Clay Thompson to get healthy and him being the big, the equivalent of a trade deadline acquisition. So 
what do you think about you know how in terms of like how aggressive Bob Myers and that front office should be right now, despite the the fast start? Should they be looking to try to shake things up, or should they, you know, be a little bit more patient and try to integrate the Wisemans and the Kamingas as those players, or maybe maybe they won't even have to this season, but um, integrate them into the rotation, or just have them kind of sit by and be um, effective pieces in the future for them. I I'd like to see them. I mean. The, the same way that you were saying everybody else just integrating guys I'd like to see them at least try and I mean they we're asking this question with them being what are they 12 and one so far or whatever they are record wise um they they haven't played with anywhere near a full deck yet I mean some of that frankly is they were never gonna want to play everybody to begin with because they've got so many young guys and they see themselves as a contending team. So I, my, I'd be surprised this year if they don't trade those guys. To me, the bigger question was, do they look like true contenders at some point? Obviously when you have the best record in the league, you look like one. So to me, just them playing this well already makes it more likely that at some point you're going to try to redeem these pieces you've got for something to go win right now. Uh, it's a weird spot for a team that has this much young talent. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, quite frankly, if, if you know, Wiseman, there are growing pains there, which you really don't have time for, uh, which is tough. You know, and that's kind of how it felt last year to some extent. Is It's like there are very clear growing pains there. There's some real talent there that you can see. But what is the asking price going to be? What will all the teams give you for that? And if you're adding that and you've got a couple first-rounders that you had this year, potentially, what what do you get for that? Um, so, yeah, I would expect that they're going to want to potentially really knock on people's doors and, and maybe not aggressively, but I'm sure that they'll look for something. But, I again, I, I don't see a real benefit to doing that now before Clay is even back in the mix. I'd, I'd like to see that. It'll still be plenty early enough to have him involved to see how he looks if i think brian windhorse reported sometime around christmas uh so merry christmas to the warriors but mm-hmm. you know I, I i don't see a benefit in i mean he's such an important piece of their culture clay i mean if you get a guy that maybe clay would fit perfectly on their current team but then you go out and you get another guy that maybe he doesn't fit perfectly for someone that takes the ball out of his hands when you really need to get him looks to see how he looks so I, I'm not a big fan of the idea of shaking up something where you're already winning at the rate they're winning at and you haven't brought in a major, major piece of what you're doing when you're going to need a ton of reps to kind of just get Clay in every position you can to really work him through everything and get his, get his confidence back. So, you know, all these names you mentioned, these are guys that need shots and I don't really see the need to add somebody else that needs shots when you know you're going to need some for Clay as well. So I like... I like where Thaddeus's head is at, and some of these players. You're right; some of them would. Some are better fits than others. Absolutely. Um, Can like I ask I who you thought was maybe the best one, the best fit, or best fits? Well, I, I have my own name who I'm about to throw out there and just knock Ooh. your cap off. But um, just talking about these names first, like first of all, Harrison Barnes, who is having an absolutely tremendous season one of the best years of his career, best starts of his career. We all know what he looks like there. Like, we all know how he would fit. He's a better version of what he was then. 
Um, that's just obvious to me. If they could get him, that would be a humongous boon. Fits culturally, fits schematically. It would just be seamless. Um, but like DeJounte Murray, who is like having kind of like a low-key all-star, potentially all-star type of like start here statistically... It just I don't I don't understand how he would fit necessarily. Like he's someone who's you know his assist rates up. He's making plays off the bounce. A lot of pick and roll. Can't like isn't a spot up shooter. That's not really what his best um, attributes are. He's really smart, and I think he would fit in the system as best he could. But they're so keen on like just the space that they operate in, and all these guys kind of whirling around split cuts and flex actions and. Um, you know, back cutting into space. And I don't know. I just don't know how well he would fit or how worthwhile it would be for the Warriors to try to acquire him. Um, so the guy who comes to mind who's in that salary range, who Thaddeus did not mention, um, is DeMontis Sabonis. And I, I think he would be an unbelievable fit um, in, in Golden State, I think that, you know, defensively, he's, I think he's a little, I don't know. I don't know what people think of him defensively. I think he's okay. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, there's hatred. There's, there's criticism. There's, there's hateration in this dancery. There is. <laughs> there is. Sorry. Well, I, uh, I don't think I, much I, of him defensively at all. He plays next to uh, Miles Turner and there are times where okay. I feel quite bad for Miles. <laughs> We'll, we'll get a chance well, to see once Miles if, – if Miles gets suspended, we'll get a chance to see. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I think he's okay, and I think that they can, you can cover up for some of his issues. You you can with that team and with that roster. He's playing next to Draymond Green. He'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then offensively, you know, he's just like a brilliant offensive player, like with the ball. He doesn't – like he just – if you use him the right way, he can give you an element that you just don't have right now. Like – that guy who I was saying at the top, you throw him the ball in a playoff series, he'll draw two or he'll get to the free throw line in the post. Um, he just like demands attention like that. So That's he can make plays call, in the short Michael. roll. Um, every once and again, I, I have those, Chris. Every once and again. Dude, but um, I, I, I didn't get real excited about any of these names. Like you said, Harrison Barnes would be an automatic fit, I think, but... I mean, Indiana has needed. There's like two teams that they gotta shake it haven't... up. Shake it up, yeah. Indy. There are two teams in this league that haven't shaken stuff up, and like I so badly want them to be a barista this year. Portland <laughs> and Indiana is like a close. I won't say a close second because Portland been needed to shake things up for a while, yes. especially with how close they are to Starbucks country with uh, with Seattle and everything. <laughs> so them. And then there's there's certainly Indiana with like the Miles Turner, uh, Demontis Sabonis thing, and like look, I, I think teams are probably more keen on the idea of Sabonis. Um, he's, you know, I, I've said this about Miles for years. His numbers are as static, and I wrote a story on this last year. His numbers are as static as anyone in the league. Every year he's going to average thirteen and seven, thirteen yeah. and a half and seven, two and a half, three blocks. Very good player. He is um, what he is. He just is he, what he, he is. He essentially is what he is, and it's crazy because he had like a, a he went 
supernova and had like a 40 point game and like he's still averaging the same 13 or 14 a year this season and so he just is what he is he's a good player he's got a unique skill set uh, for someone that can block shots and step out and hit threes so and he's grown a little bit in certain spots but like he is the player that he is and that's fine Sabonis is more of like a I mean he's not a traditional big but he can do so much stuff and the passing fits in perfectly with Golden State he can step out and shoot he's not a great defender not a good defender at all um but in that system you could make use of him if you needed to pull him off the floor he doesn't seem like he's someone that's such a big ego guy that you just wouldn't be able to deal with it he's not a superstar um and yeah I, I i love that fit honestly like i'm excited about that fit where i wouldn't be with the others that much other than barnes yeah it's just like i, I see it as he'll he'd start at the five and you'd take him out at the after the first tv timeout and then when steph comes out of the game Sabonis so is on the floor and that's been a that's been an issue for golden state for quite some time now where you know, when Steph leaves, everything falls apart. And so if you're trying to loosen, if you're trying to like alleviate a lot of the offensive strain from Curry, Curry's uh, like plate, adding someone like Sabonis just makes a lot of sense to me because that's a guy who you can run like a pretty solid offense around. And I think he would really pick up on, you know, setting the screens, making the passes, making the reads that are so critical to how that offense functions. And again, like if you look at the Pacers, I'm just like, why? I Like I know Sabonis is quote unquote their franchise player, right? But like, he's just, he's just not, you know what I mean? Like he's, I don't know that they have one. I actually like to me, the guy, <laughs> they're untouchables. They always talk about their two bigs is like their, their guys. And I, I just think that's more of like a traditional reading of bigs. But, I mean, they have Brogdon, who's been, like, a borderline all-star. They have mm-hmm. Levert, who is a really nice young player who can't stay healthy, but is a really, really nice player. And they've got this bevy of other guys that just haven't been able to stay healthy. There's been Lamb. TJ Warren. There's been, yeah. there's been TJ Warren, who was coming off the craziest bubble experience known to man. So, to me, it's kind of like I'm more intrigued by that once they can get those guys healthy and consistent. Um than I am by somebody that you have to pull off the floor sometimes because he doesn't play well with the other guy that, you know, not, not that they don't play well, but they're not special together, him and Turner. Um, and well, so offensively, me, they've been atrocious, just for the record. Like, right. And I mean, this season and last season. Defensively, it's like you're having to cover for Sabonis, and you wonder if just having Miles Turner, having him have reign of just the paint and everything else, if they'd be better with just him out there. But Turner's not a franchise guy either. So to me, if you unloaded that whole treasure chest of goods that you have from the Warriors and said, we'll give this to you if we could have Sabonis, maybe it's too much you know, at that point. But like the Pacers, for a team that never – haven't they like not had a top 10 draft pick in like 40 years or maybe just one – like even Paul Paul George was not. They never have. I mean, it's like them and the Jazz essentially never tank. They just don't believe in it, and it doesn't happen. So they never get top 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 picks. This would be your opportunity to get a bunch of guys that essentially were that, um, or, or or I guess not all of them, but just you could get a couple guys like that, and you could kind of just hit refresh. And you've got other guys on your team that are young enough, not crazy. I don't know. 
crazier things have happened, but I don't know what the it's it would be on the Pacers to figure out what they want to do and how seriously they want to label Demontis Sabonis, who's not a max 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 guy. I mean, it's very rare that you would get that no. sort of offer for someone that's not a max guy. So, I would I would do that and not really think twice about it if I were the Pacers. It would be weird because you have a lot of guys that are probably are ready to win right now, but you're a fringe playoff team, and it's like if you're not going to move out of that stable, what are you doing? Yeah, like Sabonis so is, you know, I'll call him like a low tier All Star. Like if he doesn't make the All Star team this season, no one's going to blink an eye. No one's going to be shocked. If he does, that's great. Um, very, like he's a quality player. Um, just not even close to someone who can be the best player, maybe even the second best player on a championship team. And that's fine. Not That's like a really high bar. Um, but if you're the Pacers, it's like, yeah, Wiseman, you know, fresh start, number two overall pick talent. Kaminga was top five on Draft Express for all of last season, really. So top five talent, you could say. And yeah, Indy never gets these types of players and, I think Rick Carlisle would be very pissed off um, if this type of trade actually were to happen, um, which is why it it probably is not too realistic. But you just look at Indy, and I I just don't know where they're going. So I feel like if I'm Golden State and I'm trying to get the best possible player I can to really push myself into an even higher tier than where I'm at, I think Sabonis is the best you can do personally and that's it like if they were to make that type of trade i immediately would be like i don't know how anyone's gonna stop this team like i I really like the way steph's playing the way draymond was playing and how he looked when he was healthy before that thigh contusion i don't know what his situation is i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. 
So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. And this kind of leads us right into um, our next question, talking about the Golden State Warriors roster and just what they have. But it comes from um, Bill, who writes, Hey, guys, first of all, love the show. Michael might recognize this email address since I've been spamming him. Uh, random basketball questions <laughs> over the past year. Uh, shout out to you, Bill. Uh, keep those questions coming. Anyway, what do you all expect from Clay when he returns? I was lower than most on the Warriors coming into the season and have been proven completely wrong by them, but I'm still skeptical as to how much Clay can really help and elevate this team when he returns in a month or two. This might be overly cynical, but I really don't expect him to be much more than a spot-up shooter, albeit the best in the world at that, for most of this season. Although he could round into better form come the playoffs, I think it's much more realistic to expect an actually impactful clay next year, but I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Again, keep up the great work, guys. I'll be spamming more of this mailbag instead of just Michael's personal email from now on. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) Wonderful question. Again, keep all the emails coming in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. We've talked about clay a little bit over the past uh, few months, Chris. Just... I guess, like in the context of okay, this is how the Warriors are looking right now without Clay. What can Clay do when he returns that you think can be beneficial to them? Assuming that I think it's fair to assume he's not just going to look like he did last we saw him on a basketball court. I mean, if you remember the last time, and this is going back, so I barely remember it. Um, even the play he got hurt on, he was like a man on fire in those finals. Uh, and was doing a lot more. I mean, like that was, if I remember correctly, that was like on a play in transition that he got hurt where he was trying to throw one down. Yeah. Uh, we didn't yeah, it was very often see. We did, Yeah, me too. I we, we did not often see Clay dunking. I mean, he wasn't dunking on people, but I guess potentially he would have there because, I mean, that was how he got hurt. But so he was doing a lot. I mean, he was taking on a bigger role because KD had been hurt. Um so we're not going to get that clay, and I don't even know that I want to see that clay because it would potentially increase the risk of him getting hurt again. Um, I don't know what we'll see, but I, I I don't think we you know I don't think we need to see that much from him offensively. I mean, if we're already talking about how dynamite the Warriors look on offense, the threat of having Clay out there is massive, um, unless he just really can't shoot anymore. And he goes, Gary Harris on us. I think he'll um, be fine. <laughs> yeah. If, if he can shoot, then I think they're fine. And even if he's not great at that, even if he's rusty for a while, I mean, he I don't know how much he's had people running at him while he shot, you know, just to kind of getting his legs back under him and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't know how long that process takes if, if, if there's a little bit of a um, – I mean, I don't want to call it yips necessarily because – the guy hasn't even set foot back on a court yet as far as a, a meaningful game. But Just I don't know how... getting timing down, getting the rust, right. shaking the rust off. Yeah, it'll it'll take time. I imagine it will take time for him, and that and that is completely fine. I think that, I mean, hell, people for years ran at Andrea Bargnani and ran at, you know, uh, Miritich and all these other guys that were basically average and at some point in their career below average three-point shooters. Um Guys ran at Dwayne Wade because he, you know, the the threat that he would potentially, um, I don't know. I mean, you, you get guys that aren't 
half the shooter that Clay is or has been that had big defensive pressure on them when they really didn't deserve it. So I don't think Clay being out of the game for a while, unless teams are just of the mindset that they're going to test him and try to mentally get in his head, they're not going to leave him open. And so just having him covered will open up their offense in ways that they don't have right now. So he's going to be immensely valuable from that standpoint. So I kind of don't care whether or not he can shoot right away. He'll add to their offense regardless. I'm more concerned about what he brings to their defense. Um, And granted, you do have some guys that step in and defend and and play those minutes. Iggy is still there. You've got the situation with Bazemore. You know, Draymond, if he needs to in in big situations when he's healthy, obviously, um, can step in and try to guard certain people instead of taking the rim necessarily. But, I, I mean, Clay was essentially their guy taking on the biggest assignments after a while on the wing. Um, that's a, that's not an easy task to do with the sorts of injuries he's had. Um, so I, I'm more curious about that and what sort of wear that puts on him. And again, to what extent they've had him running through those sorts of things and to what extent he's comfortable with that right away. I'm curious about that. I know that, you know, whether he can shoot or not is going to be most people's focus and how good he looks with, with the offensive stuff. But I'm not worried about that at all with him. I'm I'm more concerned about defensively and the sort of stress that puts on him defensively. Did you say the situation with Bazemore? Was Kent Bazemore traded back to the Golden State Warriors at some point that I'm unaware oh, of? Oh, God. Chris? You know what? We're sitting, here talking about Har- We're sitting here talking about Harrison Barnes. I'm thinking about yesteryear now. Oh, God. <laughs> God. No, perf- perfectly understandable. <laughs> um, no, I mean you made a you made a really terrific point about like just his gravity off ball. I feel like you know you can't just stand still in the corner, and guys are eventually going to pick up on. Okay, you know, do I really need? Can I can I help and recover here and force Clay off the line, and then he'll be uncomfortable if he's got to put it on the deck. Um, but if he's just running around. Like and occupy, you know, setting screens, um, just moving. He's like dynamite for an offense. That's how great of a shooter he is, right? Um, and so that's that's a terrific point that I haven't really even considered. And then I think he shouldn't be judged necessarily on what his per game stats are, what his three point percentage is. Just like watch. I think this is a case where you're gonna have to watch the basketball and see how the offense looks when he's on the floor. And defensively, I think this roster is kind of suited. Where Clay doesn't need to guard, you know, for years it was like, oh, Clay, Clay will guard the other team's point guard so that Ste- they can hide Steph somewhere else. And right now, yeah, if you look at this God roster, that won't like, be the case. no, they don't need to do that. They have, you know, Wiggins can do that role pretty well. Um, <sighs> Wiggins was who I meant when I said Baysmore, by the way. God, um, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Uh, watching the Lakers too much, I'm thinking about Baysmore, but also the history that he has with the Warriors. But yeah, Wiggins, it's 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 a benefit that they'll have other guys that have big enough bodies to take on those assignments. Um, right. But I, but it is weird because like Clay would theoretically be your best guy if he was old Clay. So if he's again, if if he can step into that role at some point and do it and take on the other guys, the other team's best wing, then you do that. In a heartbeat, you feel good about it if he can stay healthy that way. I just don't – you don't want anything you're doing. Obviously, it goes without saying you don't want anything you're doing to put too much stress on him right away. And it probably – everything he's doing probably has to be a buildup toward it. But, uh, I mean, that's where he was impressive. And I think it was a little bit overstated 
how great a defender he was. I thought he was a very good defender. Uh-huh. You know, I think there's maybe one year in there where he could have been all league defense, but if he's good from that standpoint and anywhere near what he was before defensively, that takes him to another level without even taking into account what he does on offense. And that's scary as hell. Yeah. And um, you also mentioned uh, GP, the second, who looks like he's going to be in the rotation in the playoffs if he just stays healthy. I mean, he's he's awesome. He's really he's fun to watch. <laughs> he fits in really well. I really love the energy he gives. Uh, he had like three like lob dunks in a row or like the third one he missed or he was drew a foul on i think it's just like oh my Nasty god like the, ele- <laughs> the element of athleticism that he brings to this roster that is you know it, it's like getting up there some of the guys you know they got bielitsa they got Otto porter they got iguodala like these guys aren't jumping out of the gym and then all of a sudden you got to deal with um gary payton the second and it's just a whole different um whole different look for you so fun so very very fun um so okay i think we've said all we need to say about the warriors um they played tonight against your chicago bulls chris um i so just the basketball fan in me (laughs) is is frustrated a little bit i mean covid doesn't care who you are um or if you're vaccinated apparently but uh, I was looking forward to this game. I mean, it, it still can be a good game potentially, um, but just the Bulls. I mean, I know this is not a podcast to talk about them. We've talked about them plenty already. Um, they look real. I mean, I, I had a story today that went up just before we started podcasting. Best fourth quarter defense in the league so far for a team Insane that I think stat. most people that were concerned about this team and how they would look and whether they would be a realistic playoff contender or whether they'd look crazy good like the way i suggested when i said i think they could be a home court team which even me i would you know i would readily admit that was like really lofty to say that it still might be but the question that all of us had was like are they going to be able to to defend and i think it was pretty clear all along if they could it was going to be through throwing caruso out there along with lonzo ball and you know probably trying to outscore them with the other guys you are they i mean they look it, it looks legitimate and i had this in my story today They've basically held, at this point, Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia once or twice, the Knicks, certainly the Celtics. I know you you remember that one because it was just such a bad blowing of a lead. But these teams, like, they're locking these teams down for four and five minutes at a time without scoring in the fourth quarter. I mean, they look very legitimate. I'm worried a little bit about their depth um, for, for bigs and stuff like that. Vooch being out hurts they already lost Patrick Williams for the season but I mean defensively they have a group that can stop teams in a way that I didn't think they were going to be this good defensively I thought maybe they'd be top half I thought top 10 was possible and that was crazy talk for me when I said that um so the idea that they're the best defense in the league in fourth quarter so far is crazy but it sucks that Vooch is going to miss because of uh COVID. it does it it does because it he was just starting to look better offensively too and i just think it's a tough matchup for the bulls anyway potentially there or having to play there but it would have been a lot of fun to have seen both teams at relatively well we're, we just talked about clay's not there so not full strength but with the way they were both playing with the groups that they both had yeah you know you talk about the depth on this team and 
it's really it's kind of it's it's puzzling like the rookie who I really hope I don't mispronounce his name but Ayo uh Desumu Desumu mm-hmm. he just like comes out of nowhere and he's just like a he looks like a quality rotation player after Patrick Williams goes down and it's just like okay the Bulls are the Bulls are like competent in a lot of ways all of a sudden after being so incompetent for years and that's that's it's jarring to see frankly um but all of their pieces everything's just coalescing like DeMar DeRozan um we've been vindicated so far and I think it'll carry through but what is he like fourth in the entire NBA in scoring like looks pretty good first and fourth Uh, quarter scoring I think too um if I well am I mixing that up I think he's first and fourth quarter. We'll just say it. We'll just say it. You know, we'll make it true. It's okay. You can say what you want on this podcast. It's going to be true either way. Okay, Chris. Um, (laughs) But but no, like like I could say Bazemore for the Warriors, and that could be true. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. But 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 yeah, Chicago. I know we're not supposed to. That was not on the the plan to talk about them, but they are. I don't know. I mean, they're they, if they they are on track to make the playoffs, not just as a a play in team. They're on track to make the playoffs, and Tied for their entire so yeah, their entire just like on court. I don't know. Like they're 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 the way they play is just completely changed because of Caruso and because of Lonzo Ball. Like, and it's so funny to me that those those two players, where they're coming from. Like what? Like just, just, just. <laughs> this say was it. so just predictable. It. Spit it out. It was so predictable. <laughs> it was like the the Pelicans are let letting go of this dude for what reason? Yeah. No one knows. And then he's having this unbelievable year. The Lakers, if you could add one player in the NBA to their team right now, it would like probably be like Alex Caruso. Like that type of player is tell exactly me, what they need. Tell me, you saw? Shout out to uh, Old Man and Three. Is that what it's called? Uh, JJ Reddick's podcast. JJ Reddick's podcast. Yes. Yeah. Did you see the clip that was going pretty viral, at least in Lakerland, the other day that he sat down with Caruso via Zoom and asked him essentially what what happened in your free agency talks? And Caruso was like, "Well, we started with the Lakers, but they were just as kind of more or less disinterested as everybody else. See what you can get." He asked for one number. Well, well, first of all, the Bulls came calling. And then they went and got uh, Lonzo, and then his agent and he both thought that that was it because they had spent so much on Lonzo, didn't think the cap was there to sign him. And then they circled back and said, no, we're making some other moves here that will make space for you. Here's what we'd like to do. And what was his deal for for 36 or something like that in that range with the Bulls? And so then you know Caruso's first instinct, as anybody's would be, that loves the team that they're with, was to call the Lakers and notify them and say, hey, this is what they're offering me. Can you kind of be in the ballpark? No, was what he said, that they told him. And so then, you know, probably take a little bit of a blow to the ego, and then you call back the Lakers and say, can you make this work? I understand you can't do that. Can you do less. this? Less. <laughs> pay me less. No. I'm willing to take a pay cut. And here was the crazy thing about the podcast. And again, shout out to them for, for getting Caruso to open up. And it was a brilliantly phrased question by J.J. Reddick. He said, blink once if it was 
under this number and blink twice if it was over this number what the Lakers offer for you was. And he said two for 15. And keep in mind, Caruso got four for 36, I think, so nine million a year. And he said blink once if it's under that, and Caruso blinked once. So they didn't – I mean, granted, and people were coming at me when I tweeted this out, like, oh, the Lakers, like, they, you know – Genie bus, this is the family business. They don't have like crazy money. I'm like, it's the Lakers. It's Stop. the Lakers. They have the money. And and like you can't tell me that if they're gonna win another title with this dude or other people, because obviously they made a massive decision to get rid of the other depth they had to go get Russ, which granted, he had a beautiful game the other night, so I'm not gonna slander him today. Um yeah. Beautiful is, is is probably laying it on a little bit thick. He had a really nice game for Russ, a very nice game, and then he had the crazy play where he pulled up for three when he had twenty seconds on the clock. But anyway, I mean, it's still it's still wild to think about the fact that like Caruso was not kept, and someone threw out like, "Well, when's the last time you saw a team pay that much in luxury tax for someone?" I'm like, the Warriors paid like sixty million last year for Ubre, Kelly Ubre, yeah. It didn't work. But that's not the point. Like, you could always get off of someone's salary if you need to during the season, which is what the Warriors did and what the Lakers, if they needed to, could have done. But to just watch them go to another team and and for him to be the engine in in a large part for taking them and making them like a competent defense for a team that if he wasn't there, I don't know how good they would be defensively. It'd probably be bad. Um, Just huge, huge mistake. But anyway. Uh, can I, neither can here I, nor there. This was not even on no, our script. No, this is not in our outline, but you know, this is where we're going today, and I love it. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
Can I throw out kind of a conspiracy theory that I've sure. had um, about that situation? Okay. If they kept if they kept Caruso, Caruso's the guy who is going to be on the floor in crunch time, right? When you go small with AD at the five, like Caruso, sure. he just plays at the end of games. And in I'm looking at this and I'm like. Were the Lakers considering the fact that if they kept Caruso and they had to play him in crunch time, like, over Russell Westbrook, how would that go? Like, This it, is a deep it, conspiratorial cut, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, let's play it I'm, out, I'm, though. I'm go, ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I, I just think, like, if you if you were to keep them both, I could envision a time where we get into the playoffs and it's like, all right, because, like, you know, going back to when they made the trade for Westbrook, and people are like, "Okay, who's going to be closing? Um, who's who's the closing five for the Lakers?" Okay, it's AD, it's LeBron, it's Russ, it's. And then I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, stop, stop right there." There's no guarantee that Russell Westbrook. We should not be like penning him in as uh, one of the five who will be closing games. I just don't think that that is a smart thing to do or a realistic thing to do. Amen. And. <sighs> What you're speaking hey, to right now is what's wrong with the what, what's wrong with sports. Though I get that in a vacuum, no, you can't go into something without considering that if you're the Lakers, because these guys have feelings. LeBron has feelings. AD has feelings, and their feelings matter when it comes to some of this stuff. Where if they're not going to be on board with it, you risk a lot of other stuff going mm-hmm. off the rails. But mm-hmm. h- how big a blessing it is if you're a team that has both the talent of Russell Westbrook, but also the the backstop of Alex Caruso, if and when Russ just is wild. And when you need defense, when you're behind, and you don't want to play from behind by being a, an open sore of a defense with Russ, and you've got Caruso there. I mean, like, so I'm, I'm, again, I'm probably being over the top in the way I'm describing it, but like, that's why you have backups like that, so that you actually put some pressure on somebody to not be wild. And um, what they did was they said, okay, we, we understand that, but our backups are going to be getting the veterans minimum. <laughs> so that, that was their, their thought process. And Interesting I mean, way I, of doing I, business. I, I think that that is costly. We will see how things turn out. Um, I wrote a piece on Westbrook and Anthony Davis earlier this week, by the way. So I'm just going to plug that really quick. Everyone, go check it out on SI.com. Shout out. Wrote about wrote out there about um, Russ and AD's pick and roll chemistry and why you know the Lakers staying big stubbornly is just ruining it and just it's play AD piece. at the five. What are we doing? What are we, like, what are we're, we doing we're, here? We're, we're already off the rails, so I'm going to say this. Great piece, by the way. Um, I should Thank have you. shouted you out for that before since we were on that subject. Um, I was looking at the responses to the tweet that you put out there after I read it. Uh, I like to do that sometimes just to see the way people engage with, with smart writing. And nothing makes me angrier sometimes. And I think this is me ha- just having written a book and, and like having to make the time to also write my stories for work and the research that it takes, all the games we watch, all the basketball we watch. We're on podcasts like these to talk about this with smart people. And then you get people that like 
I understand they want to engage and they should. I get that that's what makes Twitter fun. But it like it grinds my gears, and I'm a nice person, so it grinds my gears in a way that makes me frustrated <laughs> for how frustrated I get when people are like, Oh, it's because of this and this and this. it's like read the story. Cause I've already yep. mentioned that and I've mentioned it in more detail than you're gonna respond to me with, or you're totally wrong about what you're saying, and you would have learned that like you would have opened your mind just a little <laughs> bit. And I know I know um like it's just a rant for me but i that grinds my gears in a way where it's like being the response guy but like the oh i haven't read it yet guy at the same time it's super it's just a terrible combination what do you want me to say to you at that point i just i there's so many people like that that exist and i've i've always been someone that ever since i started getting those responses from people i'm never going to respond to people before i've read something because it's just like what you chances are they've addressed what you've said and if they didn't then you're still talking about it from a place of like relative ignorance to them you know you might be right but like read it i don't know i would feel differently if we were clickbaiting them but like you don't you nothing about what you do is cheap i'd like to think that i'm putting in the work as well so it's just it just feels i don't know rant over but i i I saw that on your behalf the other day Thank you. It was very. I had a lot of fun on Twitter that day. Of course, as usual, lots lots of fun every day on Twitter. But while we're, you know, I want to. We we have a question about the Bucks that we got to close on. But before okay. we do, um, inside baseball slash um, inside my brain. When I read your piece about, um, I guess like just what was it like five takeaways, five surprises. What was like the headline of the piece? Basically, it was three. Yeah, yeah. Three. Okay. Uh-huh. You you wrote about the Orlando Magic and their starting five, and I got very upset because that was on my that's on my Google Doc story I'm idea. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just wanted to let you know in public that you are you made me mad this morning. That's not that's your battleship. Okay. We that's we okay. all do that. That's <laughs> the great thing about having four other people that are like part of our pretty much everyday NBA staff is that your ideas are like quicksand where it, it runs through your hands. They really real are, and you watch it happen in real time. Is Rohan's gonna have an idea back? Manix, you certainly. And there've been there've been any number of times where you've done that, even before we were teammates. By the way, so I don't feel bad anymore because you've done this to me so many times that I was at five thirty eight. You've done this while you were writing for five thirty eight before. <laughs> so like I, I don't feel bad. I'm not apologizing. I'm not saying sorry. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Well- I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Let's let's uh, mosey on. We'll close on this email. Um, it comes in uh, from Trevor. It's about the Bucks. He writes, Hey, fellas, big fan of all of your individual and collective works, and have listened to nearly every episode you've released for the past three years. With the Bucks having just visited the White House to cap off their championship tour, I now am faced with the fact that we have been playing pretty ugly basketball for the first 10 games of the season. Obviously, we are riddled with injuries, but even so, seeing a start like this has made me feel pretty blah about the team and makes me wary that one or two injuries later in the season could totally derail any chance of another championship push. With the NBA completely wide open this year, what moves, if any, would you suggest the Bucks make to ensure a more stable and robust roster come spring? Cheers and keep up the great work. Uh, thank you so much, Trevor. That's a wonderful email. Um, I'm going to go first here, Chris, because I think... I feel like we're on the same page here. I, I don't. I can't say for sure, but my thoughts about the Bucks are just like wake me when it's like I don't even know February. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they're just, they're just not healthy. Like Chris Middleton's not like one of their best players. Like the key player who is so integral to their winning the championship is like barely played this season. Chris Middleton. Um, Giannis <sighs> looks great. So if like Giannis was stinking. And, you know, he didn't look right, then maybe I'd be concerned, but his passing has gone up a notch. I got to go to the White House, and the night before they played the Wizards, like, second play of the game, he had this, like, pin down, chase down pin block on, I think it was Daniel Gafford, or maybe, I forget who it was, but it was just, like, seeing him in person, I had I have not seen him in person in, like, three, four years, maybe? Three years, at least? Has it been that long? And wow. Yeah, and it was just like, oh my god! And I stood near him pregame, like a few hours before the game, as he was doing his shooting warm-ups. And I was like, this it's guy is actually dude. the biggest person on the planet. <laughs> He's the biggest big human dude. being I've ever seen. So, Shouldn't be able to move like that. Yes, it, it's it's wild. Um, so I really have no nothing to be really that nervous about. I still think you know PJ Tucker had like a tip dunk the other night, and I was like, damn, I wish. Yo, still had where did PJ that Tucker. come from? I know they didn't block him. I don't know. That was wild. Yeah. I I do not know. Uh, That was against the Lakers. And a few people were tweeting, like, was that Bam at a bio? And I was like, I thought that's literally where my head went. I was like, I thought Bam fouled out. That's weird. But but I wish they still had PJ. But, like, everyone looks good. And Dante DiVincenzo is not even healthy yet. Um, I I, I don't know what to what to say about them. Like, I, I definitely don't think they need to make any, like, 
trades. It's just like not even close to being on the radar yet. This team, we don't know what they look like when they're healthy. They're switching a ton because Brooke Lopez, who's like foundational to how they play defense, is not playing. So I, I can't take anything right. away from watching the Bucks right now. So remember off off pod, off camera, whatever you would call it, we I was saying like, man, my answers today just feel really blah. Uh, essentially <laughs> the whole reason I said that was because I feel like I'm just very much standing here with my arms folded like do it for the vine I ain't gonna do it I'm not I'm not <laughs> trading anybody from these teams yet because they're like either in first place comfortably without even having their full roster there or they're I mean are, is anybody worried at all that like even with this situation that Milwaukee could still finish in the top half of the east I'm not and and you don't want this to be the case, but keep in mind how integral Middleton is. I mean, there have been entire playoff games where we've watched him carry them down the stretch because Giannis can be that guy, but oftentimes is not, and he doesn't really have the skill set to really be someone that just takes guys off the dribble and pulls up into an 18-footer. Like, that's Middleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, we, we, we've talked about We had a whole Kendrick Perkins-style, you know, Batman Robin conversation about this like we've been down this road we know how important he is and like you said that's without even mentioning much about Brooke Drew was out for a few games and they've been very transparent about the fact that they're going to err on the side of letting those guys rest so everything you're watching with them is going to be taken with a grain of salt and they still are playing competitively now they they still look bad from time to time they still almost blow leads they do blow leads Whatever, but like uh, this is the team that I might be least concerned about over the course of the season, unless Giannis gets hurt, and then at that point, the the conversation changes. But I'm not I, trades. I, I mean, they just won the championship, and they and they don't have Divincenzo, which is what you said. Like, which I feel like Grayson Allen to some extent feels like someone that compensates for that, or at least is an attempt to. Um, so I'm so completely Grayson fine Allen, on them. R- I have a little bit of trivia for you. Um, sure, Grayson Allen. Can you can you guess how many threes he's attempting per game? More. I see you. Lo- I see you looking this up, Chris. I wanted no. to look it Don't up, be a but cheater. I'm not going to do be it. That guy. I'm not going to do it. But it sure felt like he hit a whole bunch. Of you, them go to, you go to bar night. You go to you go to bar night trivia, and you're peeking at your cell phone. That's damn you. right. I, did I not do. Expect you. Oh my goodness gracious. No. Um. If I had to guess, I'll I'll guess six, but that's probably low. He's attempting eight point eight yeah. threes per game, and he's I mean, making he hit forty one point nine percent of them. Right. So, so I mean, what what are we concerned about? Like this is someone that another dude you just have once Divincenzo's back. Which, by the way, Divincenzo is not even someone that has to do a whole lot for you offensively. But the same way we're talking about Caruso for the Bulls, guess who does that for the Bucks? I'm not worried. <laughs> we ain't got no worries. We ain't got no problems. We're good. No, not we. Because I, I don't, don't give think... a damn about the Bucks. But <laughs> like I, I don't give a damn about the Bulls either. Anybody. But like it's it, there's there aren't concerns yet. It's there's a lot of craziness. I, I know that if we're really hyped about the way the Warriors look and the way the Wizards look, that you know by contrast we're going to be really worried about the way the Lakers look. The Lakers stuff is legitimate as far as concerns because you've already got LeBron out. It's an older team. I don't have those concerns about the Bucks though. I just don't. I can't. I think that uh again we're on the same page here. Um Bucks are going to be fine. And my last point it's so funny to me how basically everybody in the league is complaining about drawing fouls 
and getting to the free throw line and everything. It's like Giannis is not having that problem. And it's you mean he wasn't, like, he wasn't bluffing when he was trying to get to the line? He wasn't just making it up? No, this dude is just, I mean, he just rumbles in there and there's nothing anyone can do. And it's not like he's even averaging a career high in free throw attempts or anything like that. But there is no significant drop. There is no impact. What's, the rule changes are having no impact on Giannis. He's, uh, you know, he's on pace to potentially win his third MVP. Just an absolute ridiculous player. Um, I'm still mad that you almost caught me. That you caught me trying to look up Grayson's numbers. I'm so mad. I was trying to do it Doug. on the sly. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. I got my eyes on your eyes. That's why we do the video calls. I'm going, I'm going without video next time, man. I got to be able to look up my stats in peace. <laughs> All right. I think that that should, uh, that should cover it um, for today's show. Uh, thank you so much to everyone for, for listening, for subscribing. Um, please keep the emails coming in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody, please stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.